two. The first time we've ever done a take two. Probably true? not. Yeah. I don't care. We don't have an intro because uh, we're recording this like eight hours before I'm going to post it. Yeah, eight hours before we're going to post it. It's been a big day. It's been Mother's Day and I've spent so much time prepping a gift for my mother. Yeah, you skinned a whole jaguar. I skinned a whole jaguar and I put it and I, I tied it. I tied it so tight around a bunch of two by fours and and that's how i made my mom a nintendo gamecube <laughs> yeah you like this one take two everybody no, take, take two. two take two stays yeah. take two is good the version of take two we learned that you make game cubes out of two by fours and jaguar pelts fun fact definitely yeah. gonna stay did you know gaming i d- dude this is my second podcast today i can't even think straight Welcome Ugh. to Media Majors, the podcast where two very sleepy guys tell stories about their preferred mediums. Oh, I just got out of the shower. I'm still exfoliating. Oh, we're this is some reckless podcasting. You're still exfoliating? I think so. Is that isn't that That's what happens? That's like when you rub your skin with something so that it smooths it out. Yeah, I did that with soap in the shower. I don't think it's still exfoliating. Is I, it? I don't. Listeners, <laughs> right <write> in. in. <laughs> I'm William Senior. I talk about movies and TV. I'm Tom Lockney, and I talk about the culture of video games and the internet. Each week we pick a theme to center our stories around, because it's more fun that way. Yeah. And today we pick the theme of interference. And this week you're going first. Yeah, I'm going first. Uh, I first want to make a quick shout out to AV Club writer Clayton Purdom, who actually, uh, who was really helpful in kind of doing a lot of research for this, and whose Google Doc uh, was invaluable information. Um, but let's start in the 30s and 40s. Uh, so when television became a thing in your home, there's only like three channels, but uh, you know, people wanted to know, hey, what, what am I gonna watch? Like, I wanna know what I'm gonna watch. So around when, you know, TVs were not in vogue, but just kind of commonplace, uh, a co- there was a company called TV Guide that began um, sending out magazines that had what are known as episode descriptions. And that way, like, hey, I wanna know what's gonna be on I Love Lucy tonight. Like, what are her and Ricky gonna do? And you mm-hmm. get a little blip, it doesn't give it away, just kinda leads you to what the, this episode is gonna be about. It gives you a little bit of nougat, it gives you a taste. People get this magazine sent to them, TV Guide becomes a huge thing. We'll probably do a story on TV Guide because it's like a really interesting company. Um, but once DVRs and more digital technology, I mean, DV, TV Guide even got its own channel where it just shows you what's on other channels. Like, that's insanity. Uh, those episode descriptions just kind of became part of television. You click guide, you click info on your show. Hey, look, you get a little blurb about what Raven's going to be up to in this episode of That's So Raven. <laughs> Magic. Oh, ruining her reputation yet again. <laughs> Once the episode description template kind of kicks in, all other shows, no matter how out of the box or fantastical they are. Like even Twin Peaks would be like, Agent Cooper uncovers some more clues. That's a terrible description for a Twin Peaks episode. Netflix also has episode descriptions that generally aren't up to par. They're just kind of like, hey, this happens in the first five minutes or like this is kind of what the episode is about. I'm kind of into that though. So it's like it's like in trailers, it always really bothers me when I can tell like, oh, Oh, you took that from the the last scene of the film. Yeah. You, Judge Dredd spoils literally how the villain dies in that movie. It does. In the trailer, it does. Um, but yeah, most shows kind of pick the same format. If it's Parks and Rec, it'll be like, Leslie does this, while Ron does this. If it's Community, you know, uh, Jeff does this, Britta does this. It's, it's, people didn't really care about episode descriptions. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
I don't know if Rick and Morty was the first one. I doubt they were, but they were the first one who Justin Roiland just started writing the episode descriptions himself. And he, you know, gave the show, he put it, his voice into it. So it was a lot of like, oh, like, what are these two crazy guys going to get up to, bruh? And, and people really liked it. It was very silly. And, uh, you know, I, I have some, ex- I think I have some examples. Like, we'll look in season three, uh... Uh, uh, for Pickle Rick, an episode that has destroyed television Pop at its culture, core. Yeah. Uh, the the summary is, it's family therapy time in this one, bro. Classic stuff, Pickle Rick 2. Like, that's just Justin Roiland. And I really like those types of descriptions because it's like, hey, it feels like more of the show. It kind of captures the tone. Exactly. Well, then let's look at something like Mr. Robot, which also started doing that. And they would do, like, these weird kind of... Um, let's take an episode where... A former uh, character reemerges, right? Hi, the episode, the episode description, all lower caps. Hi, I'm Tyrell Wellick, for interim CTO of E Corp. I've been gone for a while. It's time for an AMA. I don't watch Mr. Robot, but that's a really cool description. Yeah, it's it's taking the stuff that people love in the show and they're using it to entice them. And it's good. And it's good because like it's it's hard to if it's your job to write episode descriptions, it's very hard to like talk passionately about something that you might not even like. Like, of course the creators of the show are going to be like, oh yeah, I get to write the episode description for this television show that I make and love. This is great. My absolute favorite one, though, are the ones for Atlanta. Atlanta is my favorite television show of all time. And uh, Stephen Glover, I believe, Don Glover's brother, writes all of the descriptions. And again, it's just more of the world. It's more of the point of view. It's more of the voice. Uh, one of my favorites is from the second season episode where uh, uh, the f- main female character and her friends go to a party that Drake's going to be at. The description is, yeah, girl, we're going to party tonight. But if you don't post about it, did it really happen? Which is like, that's that's the show, you know? Atlanta is sort of this weird Twin Peaksy millennial thing, and yeah. I feel like that sums it up really well. Uh, Westworld and Better Things, two shows I don't watch, but they do it too, and I, I think it's really cool. But something's happening. What? Well, the theme is interference, and uh, someone's interfering. So the way TV used to work is you would watch it on the TV, and if you missed it, you're fucked. You missed it. VHS comes along. Up, oh, I can tape it now. DVR comes along. Set it, forget it. I don't have to worry about it. And now we have Netflix, we have Hulu, we have Sling, we have Roku, we have all these different ways. You can just buy the episodes from iTunes. Mm-hmm. Now, Hulu seems to keep the descriptions, but Sling TV and TV Guide use translations. Is that, does, is that just like a, a fun way of them saying like they have their own in-house episode describer? I think it's even worse than that. Oh. So let's go back through those episode descriptions I read earlier. So let's take the Atlanta one. So again, yeah, girl, we're going to party tonight. But if you don't post about it, did it really happen? So the edited version is, it's time for some partying. But it's debatable if that partying occurred if there wasn't a post about it. Terrible. Doesn't make sense. Totally not the voice of the show. How do you do, fellow kids? Literally, how do you do, fellow kids? Let's take my favorite episode of the season, Teddy Perkins. If you haven't watched it, it's fantastic. The Hulu FX description that the Glover Brothers wrote is, Darius is tripping in this one. Y'all know I would have been left. And the edited version is just, Darius is tripping. All right. It's strange to me. It's very bizarre. How is this How is this happening? No one knows. No one knows? I can't really? figure it out. I get what it is is that they're just using these edited, translated versions. But So a lot of the reason that people, uh, especially you know, people of color and black people, really like Atlanta is because it is very 
much a point of view from black people. And I think that is important to the show and it comes out in these episode descriptions. Mm -hmm. And when you take that away, you're taking some of the the uniqueness away from the show. All right, all right. Then can we can we sort of do like a little fun thought experiment here and mm -hmm. guess at what we think is happening? We can, but I want to go through some of the other shows because it's okay, also okay. weird. So let's look at... Um, yeah, we need to get a bigger like sample size so exactly. we can better uh, So let's look, let's look at Better Things. Uh, better Things is a show about Pamela Adlon. Uh, she's a very funny comedian. You know, she was, she got, uh, she sort of got her bigger break when she was a guest on, a guest star on Louis C.K.'s show. Louis C.K. is a terrible human being. Um, and she was able to get her own show and get him away from it so that she can totally break into her own. Mm -hmm. And I think she's really cool. So, one of the descriptions for a season one episode, I believe the season one finale for FX is Only Women Bleed. That's a very powerful episode description, and I think that goes with what the show is trying to do. Mm -hmm. Would you like to hear the edited version? Yes. Sam has a tough day. <laughs> okay. Like Sam has a tough day. I, like, if I'm just channel surfing and I see an episode in description that's just only women bleed, I'm going to be like, what is this show? But if I see Sam has a tough day, I think it's a cheers repeat. Like, I'm just doing my own thing at that point. Yeah, also, like, conflict is sort of a, a given in... A, like most popular stories so like I, I feel like so and so has an obstacle to overcome is sort of just something that we've accepted and therefore don't really need to hear about or aren't hooked in by let's listen to how about this so i read the pickle rick one i'm not going to read it again but this is the edited <laughs> version pickle rick returns and the gang go to family therapy pickle rick is only in that one episode <laughs> wow like, i'm uh... I like I yawned. I got more bored when you heard, when you said that. Do you remember that AMA one I read from Mr. Robot? Yes. So let's read the uh, edited version. Former E Corp interim CTO Tyrell Wallach resurfaces. It's so flat. It's so flat and boring, and it makes me not want to watch Mr. Robot. Yeah. But the other version, which is like an AMA post, like that's interesting. Yeah. I think that's really fascinating. And then Westworld. So Westworld, they're trying oh, to do man, this thing. Oh man, I love Westworld. I do not like. Westworld. I love, I love all, okay, all my favorite characters. Wes, 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 Wes. Well, did and you Wes. not not to deviate? But did you hear where one of the new worlds they introduced was? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking Ooh, wow, Jonathan Nolan, you are it started English. So low, and then it got worse. Shogun World. Okay, I think that'll be okay. And then what if what if we went back to when England uh, owned India? Why? Why are we doing that? Why would we go back to that? And and also like the fucking Westworld already starts off with some incredibly incredibly racist depictions of Native Americans. So for Westworld's uh, season two second episode. They for the season two they wanted the episode descriptions to be like something that the hosts would say, so uh, the see, the description for episode two is why don't we start at the beginning, which is that's in it's, uh, there's a lot of mystery and intrigue around it, yeah. so that makes sense. And I've seen I've I've watched the show and that's very much in its like style of narration where it is like uh, you know narrator is telling the story it's Dolores blah blah blah. But, like, I, again, the edited version is, I look back at the beginning. <sighs> and it's like, why? I don't understand. It has, you know what, like, the, the real, like, stark difference to me is, is it feels, like, distant. These, yeah. These new ones feel distant. Like, like, they are being made by a TV viewer and not somebody who is, like, 
a TV maker, you know? Well, I, you know, there's a ton, and I would highly recommend checking out Clayton Purdom. Again, I'm really sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. I really check out his article. He has a link to his this little Google uh, spreadsheet that has, like, all these episodes. But what's crazy is that some of them, sometimes they'll just restate what the show is about. For the season three finale of Rick and Morty, the edited description is just mad scientist Rick Sanchez moves in with his daughter's family. Like, that's... You're just describing before weird. the show That's even started. Premise, That's not even yeah. the pilot. Like, the pilot isn't about him moving in. It's weird. So let's try to figure out a theory, because I honestly have no idea. With the Atlanta ones, my knee-jerk reaction is to be like, you're making it a little more white, <laughs> yeah, and I feel like there's a little bit of not... race stuff going on in there. I don't know if that's true, but for the other ones, like, I got nothing. Well, my fun theory was going to be that uh, all the people doing these uh, episode descriptions moonlight as cops. <laughs> that's probably it. Yeah. Every it single like one cops, of these though. people sounds like a cop. So you're, you're right, <sighs> though. There is, there. I mean, like... There's something specifically, happening. Specifically, again, specifically with the Atlanta one, it does very much feel like... It is written by somebody who does not understand the the voice and tone and like and the culture that is uh, is integral to that show and makes it what it is, uh, and which really speaks to the fact that if you if you just knock off a couple of words from a sentence, it's just like night and day. It's flat. Yeah. I mean, I'm reading some of them and like a lot of a lot of the Atlanta episode descriptions feel like text messages that you'd get from your friends and the edited ones just feel like episode descriptions hmm. and i feel like what's awesome about television is that everyone knows how it works even if you don't realize you know how it works you, everyone's watching enough tv where it's like if i broke down a sitcom for you you'd be like oh my god of course this makes perfect sense but what that allows for is some really great like fucking with uh, and le and just totally throwing convention out of yeah. the window. Legion ended their first season with a post-credit scene. <laughs> like we're do having weird episode descriptions. Uh, augmented reality stuff is becoming in vogue. Like, so I just found it really interesting that on like Slingbox and and TV Guide, there's someone there is looking at these and being like, three. Uh, what is a y y y explanation? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just gonna, Atlanta is about two cousins making it in the hip hop music scene. Like that's barely what Atlanta's about. Yeah. Like that's what Donald Glover did to get the, social, the show sold. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my end of my story. I just thought that this was this weird, it's such a weird thing and I don't know why anyone is doing it. Yeah, my joke answer definitely was that they're cops, but, but like, like they're, also, they are. It does, they're you know, policing it, how content should be it's described. Probably, it's probably, you know, Occam's Razor, this is the entertainment industry. A lot of uh, white men who are underqualified and overpaid. Or also, it's possible that these are people who are captioners or, or who, are, who are writing this copy, rather, who are just underpaid and undervalued and maybe aren't putting a lot of effort into it. So it could be it could be any number of things, none of which are, like, ideal. No, it's just, I guess it's to me, I'm... I'm as someone who's trying to make it in this garbage industry <laughs> that I really wish I was a plumber... Uh, you know, I've I've had to. In my college, my 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 college did a lot of like, ah, oh, industry people are gonna come talk, and they're always very nice, and they always say the same stuff because it's just how it works. It's all like luck and who you know and stuff, but it does like you hear a lot of people that were like, I hate Law and Order, but I wrote for them for ten years, <laughs> and it's like, why? <laughs> like I get it because it's a job, but like, yeah, 
why? Yeah, yeah. If you don't love what you're doing, why are you doing it? Yeah. And I you... mean, that's why, and that's why we have to overthrow capitalism. Yep. All right. Hey, if you know anything more about this episode description debacle, I'd love to have you on a media miner. Um, we're gonna take a break, and when we get back, we're gonna hear about Tom's interference story. But first, let's listen to an ad about another show on the network. Do you find yourself unable to watch television? Who has the time? Well, luckily, we do. I'm Liam Sr. I'm Josh Phillips. We host a podcast where we watch old canceled TV for For you. you. Musty TV, every Thursday on the Major Cast Network. My father says we're crazy. My mother won't talk to me anymore. I was about to make an Avengers joke, but it is a big spoily one, so I don't want to do it anymore. No more mutants. But that's that's, that's X-Men. That's from the comic books, yeah. <laughs> Is Wolverine okay? Listen, listen everybody. We're 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 a couple of real nerds on this this show. I just want to ask ask the Russo brothers like, "Is that uh Harry Dean Stanton character from the Avengers okay?" <laughs> <laughs> what about Peter Skarsgård? Is he, Oh my god, yeah. What, what about, about Peter Skarsgård? Ah. <laughs> <sighs> oh. And we don't know because he wasn't in the third Thor movie. We'll never know. Uh. Stellan Sarsgaard. <laughs> Tom, what's your fucking story? Well, folks, it's that time of year again. As spring turns to summer, oh, all of the flowers, the grass is green. Or I guess out here it, it dries out. It and dries dies. out and dies and our dog gets covered in burrs. And then, and then like half the city catches on fire. Uh, it is time once again for another E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. This is the time of year when the hottest new games are announced, when systems are debuted, and when new services are presented to the public. It's a thrilling time, even if E3 is a shrine to EA... Or, <laughs> EA oh, I mean, yeah. Triple uh, A dominance and, and just the hyper-capitalist nature of the games industry. I mean, it's almost as if you'd go to a, like... A movie theater just to see trailers of the big blockbusters yeah but ju- and then you'd leave yeah yeah except except you paid 250 dollars not and you had to fare. wait in line to go for see four fucking hours the here's, trailer for ant-man and the wasp here's here's hey quick quick aside here's your fun guide to e3 fuck all the triple a games they're not interesting very few of them are good and you have to wait four hours to play through a demo that you can just watch for free online. Just go to Indicate. And it's just not go to even Indicate. It's but just, it's like, why wait in line to play Super Mario the Gilead or whatever the sequel is going to yeah. be, whatever Greek classic they're going to take next? Yeah. When you know you're just going to get a better version of it in like eight months. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, Indicate. Those are the. Not all of them are like perfect games, and some of them are like, but they're all interesting experiments. So, anyways, that's my that's support my fun independent E3 game. Too. Yeah. But that's not the season I'm talking about, because every year before E3, there is another special time of year. I'm talking, of course, about leak season. Oh, okay. Is that when everyone has to go potty? Oh, man. Oh, no. Not another (laughs) pair of pants. I only own three. All gray dockers. (laughs) With juicy on the butt. I only own two pairs of pants, and one of them are jeans. (laughs) Not enough masculine pants have words on the butt. (laughs) Boy, oh man, could you imagine? It would be like mud, <laughs> beer butt, truck, <laughs> fart hole. 
That one's a little on the nose, Gregory. Yeah, or or and and uh, and you know that this would happen. Bacon. Yeah. This year, the big leaks came from a Walmart Canada retailer listing out the following titles. Just Cause 4, Splinter Cell, Dragon Quest 2, Lego DC Villains, Borderlands 3, Rage 2, Gears of War 5, Forza Horizons 5, and Assassin's Creed. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Slow your roll, because you said, like, one of Liam's fucking keywords that triggers a thing in his brain to light up. Yeah, you're the Manchurian candidate. Of Borderlands. Yeah. Borderlands 3? I assumed we wouldn't be getting that until I was 85. Uh, Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, here's the thing: it's like take this with a grain of salt. Of course, it's E3. It's E3, and there there's a certain level of credibility to stuff like this because it's like it's a retailer, it's Walmart, it's Walmart, and they're having official listings of stuff, uh, even though it hasn't been announced yet. This has happened before; it will happen again. Uh, there are other different types of leaks: some that uh, spread around on message boards. Those are the ones to really take with a grain of salt, and in and in a lot of ways, because one of them is like, oh, it just might be like some randos fucking with you, or it might be the actual companies who are le- leaking, quote unquote, these things to get you hyped up and excited. Bethesda's leaking pictures of that well, rage game is that different? I, no, no, no. That uh, Rage Two is one of the leaks from this Walmart Canada. I I don't. See, that's the thing is like, it's possible that they were like, yeah, you can put this on your website. You can list this and then we'll like play it off and look and everybody will see how cool of a company we are. Don't, hey, everybody, don't trust companies. They, they, they didn't want you to actually have fun. The validity of these rumors is always in question. Usually it depends on the source, but since this is, yeah, an official retail listing, rather than speculate on the rumors of today, I'm going to take us back into the leaks of years past. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I'd just have, like, a fun, light, breezy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week was, like, a lot of heady culture stuff. And since talking about leaks that turned out to be true would be boring, I'm going to list false leaks. Oh, even better. In, oh, in 2017, a leaker claiming to represent the game dev end of Bethesda claimed that a title known as Starfield would premiere at E3, saying, The game has actually been in conceptual stages since around Fallout 3's release. It went into pre-production officially, very low-tier pre-production after Skyrim's release. After Fallout 4's release, it went into full pre-production, and after all the DLC was out, they sped into full development. The game is going to be a sci-fi open-world RPG in typical Bethesda first-person fashion. It's going to feature 5 to 10 races. Uh, There's still some debate on what should and shouldn't go in and takes place in the Fallout universe just so far in the future and far away from Earth that it'll only be mentioned in hints. This is part of an ongoing planned interconnected universe of every Bethesda franchise. Do you think, how many people do you think fell for this? Oh, a lot. I would imagine, yeah. Although, actually, um, Starfield uh, seems, uh, this might just be... There might be like a negative truth in this, um, because Starfield is like another rumored title going on for E3 2018. But again, it might all just be bupkis because these are leaks, and this one is is not true. It did not debut at E3 2017. I mean, it makes sense. Like they have fantasy. Like that's the thing, though. I mean, look at um, Bioware. They have their big fantasy genre and their big sci-fi genre, and Bethesda's like sci-fi genre isn't re like. Fallout 4, Fallout is like science fiction, sure, but it's not like, you know, like space sci-fi. It's it's alt history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they gave hints that this is going to be interconnected by implying uh, the Brotherhood of Steel created Nimroot in, or Nernroot in Fallout 4. 
Uh, they're getting a little wacky with oh, the yeah. lore and using Elder Scrolls, Scrolls Time Wounds to justify lore inconsistencies. Basically, Fallout is in the beginning of the timeline, Starfield is in the middle, and Elder Scrolls is the far future. It's very easy to tell when somebody's lying on the internet. Yeah, because that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> if Skyrim was in the far future, why is that game so bad? <laughs> The game will feature space travel and hub worlds as well as RNG worlds. And, like, also, that's the other sign of this is, like, this is this is a ridiculous pro- uh, promise. This is, like, this is, like, if Peter Molyneux was talking about this, where he's just, like, delivering all these, like, really grand promises. And, like, no shade to Peter Molyneux. Like, he's a, he's a well-meaning person. But... It is, it is very easy to tell when somebody is just, like, listing off concepts that they think will be cool and that gamers will think will be cool. It's your cousin whose uncle works at Nintendo. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. Not your cousin, because you would know who the uncle was. <laughs> Oops. Oh, man. And he, uh, the, the poster ended. Uh, they also have another fantasy game of a famous franchise in the works. Uh, game, uh, game of Thrones in pre-production, Elder Scrolls VI, and conceptual for Elder Scrolls Seven, which is Todd's magnum opus. Todd, uh, Todd, this is Liam. Todd, I know you don't know me, but I've known a lot about you, and I'm going to tell you as uh, <laughs> as a friend, maybe retire. Maybe it's time to take a back seat in the old Bethesda chair. Huh? How's that sound, buddy? Todd? You there, Todd? Oh my god, he's Are dead. you there, Todd? It's, it's me, me, Margaret. Margaret. <laughs> your, P- your PR. Uh, though this turned out to be false, the leaker also provided numerous details that turned out to be real. Uh, for example, Skyrim VR. Okay. Um, but that, again, that might, that was probably just them getting lucky. Yeah. Because uh, VR is hot. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, sticking with Bethesda for a moment, in 2016, it was rumored that Prey 2 would make an appearance at E3, and while technically true, it was the uh, Prey reboot that we mm. got. A massive series of false leaks occurred in 2014 revolving around Sony's press conference. It was stated by a source that Uncharted 4 would be revealed and that it would feature swapping timelines between Nate and Francis Drake. Ooh. Wait, Man. wait, wait. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that Francis Drake? Did, God, well, that, well I, he's I, a direct no, descendant. No, 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 I know that, but I, I I, would not think that they would just be like, well, time to play as old Frank. Oh, man, That'd just so jangling cool. around in all my armor. Man, good, holy... Thank God they didn't, because could you imagine if they had made a video game where you play as a conquistador? Jesus Christ. It would have been really fun and, and sensitive. A title named Kill Strain was rumored to be a reboot of the old Siphon Filter series. Uh, it was not. It was not. It was not. Honestly, it's kind of hard to tell what this game was. It was a top-down, five-on-five, twin-stick shooter that had its multiplayer server shut down less than a year after launch. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> In 2000, man, everybody always clamors, sorry, not to stick on this, everybody always clamors for a Siphon Filter reboot, and it's like... I don't know the series. Siphon Filter is just like the most boring, generic, like, spec op spy thriller. It's mm. like, it's the shittiest version of James Bond. It was just a third-person spy shooter. It boring. Was fucking, it's not good. It never was. In 2011, a massive false Nintendo leak occurred on 4chan when someone claiming to work for the ESRB posted a bunch of pre-E3 info. Uh, This was the E3 that they announced the Wii U, so there was a lot of console speculation. The user claimed that the console was called The Current because it was the most current thing that they were working on. Come on. I mean, Dude. like, that way, because Nintendo, Nintendo always, like, really shoots for the moon with their uh, code names, like the... Dolphin. The, yeah, the Dolphin. Oh, 
I'm mad it was not the Dolphin. The GameCube is so literal. Yeah. It would allow you to connect to friends' games instantly without having to wait for them to end around. You know, you know, Nintendo, really, really big on online stuff, is just yeah, yeah, going to yeah. jump in and completely ruin anyone's ability to play online games. Oh, yeah. Nintendo loves accessibility to online play. Yeah. They also claim that this console resembled the Super Famicom. Despite these inaccuracies, they actually got a lot of the first-party stuff right. A new Pikmin. Well, and again, like... It's pretty easy to guess, like, oh, we're getting a new console. There's probably going to be, like, this franchise, this franchise, that franchise on it. So they guessed a new Pikmin, a new Smash Bros. Although they actually nailed the character leaks. Uh, but their third-party guesses were far from the truth. They thought that Dead Rising 2 was going to be on it. This is why you, you can tell that this person is kind of talking out of their ass and guessing. is because um, Dead Rising 1 got a re-release on to the Wii. It was called Chop Till You Drop, and it's not a great port, unfortunately. That's a terrible name. And so it's pretty... It, you can see that they're like, oh, okay, so like on the next one, we're going to get Dead Rising 2. Uh, they also thought that Resident Evil 5 would get onto the Wii U. Sorry, kids. Nah, nah. And again, like the, they, they clearly were like, okay, Resident Evil 4 got remastered for the Wii U. So How it's, many Pikmin games for the Wii. Uh, Three. Oh, okay. I must have missed the third one. Uh, they also thought that GTA V was going to be on the, sure. the new console. Uh, unfortunately, that's about as far as I could go with leaks. These things got, like, super buried in the algorithm. Like, I would I would literally, like, Google leaks and stuff and, like, set the, the date frame. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, there was really not much. And, and part of the reason, I think, is because back in the day before the internet, uh, leaks were more legitimate because it was journalists talking yeah. to sources, but now it's people, now that the hype machine is, is like really cultivating that internet community presence, it's a lot of people who, who can just say and make up like wild outlandish things. Um, and so basically never, never trust literally anything anyone on the internet says about the future of games. I saw there a really, I saw a really interesting, um, Twitter thread, uh, I don't remember his last name, Terrence, he's at the Black Nerd on Twitter, and he was talking about uh, games culture and the people, you know, gamers, and he was talking about how he couldn't, he was like, I could never be a games writer or journalist like that because, or a mainstream journalist, because you would have to check Reddit and Resetera and fucking terrible websites full of mm. horrible people. And he talked about that culture uh, of, of internet gamers, and he made a really salient point, which was that, like, a lot of these people really just love to hate video games when they're out, but get really excited about them for the future and speculate uh, and, and guess at what games are coming out, what ones are going to be good, what ones aren't going to be. And they don't actually, like, really care when they're there. And I think that that is, is a huge influence on leak culture, if you want to call it that. I wonder how many Waluigi titles have been leaked and people have just been like, we know it's not true. Oh, man. One day, one day. We had the year of Luigi. We might get a Waluigi thing. I think I I think after the last Smash Bros where he was an assist trophy, I would not be surprised if they let him be a DLC character for the next Smash Bros. Ooh, that'd be That's fun. my prediction. I don't know if it'll happen, but uh, I'd really like to see them just kind of give in to this weird internet obsession with like, the most postmodern video game character. Weird character, yeah. The copy of a copy of a copy, man. Mm -hmm. Whose literal like existence is only tiered on the fact that Wario needed a partner. <laughs> <sighs> All right, it's sometimes on this show, uh, we talk about 
rough stuff. Today, eh, not, not, so, not much. so much. Kept it light and breezy for you. Last week was long. And rough. Um, and so we usually like to balance it out with a segment that we call the self-care corner where we talk about something nice that happened in our days and our weeks and our lives. Uh, Liam, would you like to go first? I've been feeling crappy all week, but even though I was feeling gross, I did two podcasts and a D&D game that took longer than I thought, and I was fine. I did it. Nice. And now I can be sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, bud? Um... My self-care corner is that I got a couple of ham steaks in the fridge, and I'm going to put brown sugar on them and uh, cook them later tonight with my significant other. We're going to watch like a movie or something. It's going to be real fun. Add some black pepper into that brown sugar. Ooh. It'll make it taste. Snap, crackle, pop. Exactly. Rice Krispies. (laughs) Add Rice Krispies onto your ham steak. (laughs) Oh, you can follow the show on Twitter at MediaMajorsCast. Like uh, no, you can't like us on Facebook. We deleted our Facebook sure so did. long ago. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna do this here because there's no new uh, Sunday morning hangover cure because Eric and I didn't want to do it. Uh, <laughs> we retired, but um, we will have. Obviously, this episode is out. We've got a Double X Files coming out on a Tuesday. I sure do. Uh, there will be a musty TV on Thursday. I just recorded it today. Josh and I watched a show called Out of This World, which was garbage, <laughs> and I. Th- think there's a big time whoopsie it might be next week yeah but it's either this week or next week so roll the dice and you should listen to all those shows mm-hmm. go to you can find them at media or at majorcastsnetwork.com you can find them all on itunes yeah uh yeah they're everywhere leave uh, leave ratings and reviews which you can do on your phone on the podcast app it's really easy it takes like two seconds you can just leave a rating and like a five word review you don't need, it's like straight, you can write whatever words you want. Yeah. Take an Atlanta episode description and just put it in there. For you could just care. write Waluigi over and over again. Oh, someone please do that. <laughs> if anyone does that, I will sing your praises every episode. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Catch us next week. And as always, we'll be there. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.